Hey everyone, welcome to Unlikely to Apologize. I'm one of your hosts, Nikki. And I'm Heather. Hello. Hello. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm like exhausted. I feel like the last, definitely like the last two weeks are catching up on me. And I need like a full week's sleep. Well, like, your house is uninterrupted. Yeah. yeah, well, you finally got your house up, so that was a lot. Sure, so. The house is officially listed. Um, we had open house this weekend. We didn't have a big turnout. I was kind of hoping for more, but um, with, what was it, the U-Team and OU game Saturday and then ACL, the, my realtor is probably, was very much like, temper your expectations. It's kind of a busy weekend here in Austin, so... Well, but also you just listed it on Thursday. There wasn't any pre-advertisement either for for it. So No, and I'm a little confused because I know he did mark like I just started seeing the marketing stuff on Facebook, so I don't really know how that works. Yeah, but if it I wasn't was assuming, marketed, then people wouldn't yeah. have even known about it anyway. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe towards the end of this week into the weekend it'll probably pick up. But we'll see. The house looks so, even Haley texted me, she's like, the house looks so good. I was like, I know I've fallen in love with it like all over again. And I'm like, pardon me, it's like, what are we doing? Because it is such a beautiful house. It is, um, yeah. So, but no, yeah. Uh, people, I've heard, I've heard people do that. Right? Because you have, there's things that you have to do, right? To get a house ready for sale. And when you do them, you're like, well, crap. Now I love it. I literally made this joke to John because I was like, I love how the idea of selling your home is getting it ready for the next people to live there. Like, like we wouldn't have done this shit for ourselves. Like, no, but now that you've done it, you're like, dang. No, I was yeah, telling that's... Shane yesterday. I was like, um, the pictures look so good. Like the house is so like, if it was in our neighborhood, I'm like, we would buy it. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it does. It looks so good. And I'm like, damn it. But it's we're doing this for the right reasons. I we keep reminding ourselves because we've had like those hesitation conversations of like, are we really gonna do this? And you know, the idea of being able to see, you know, family more weighs out any of our hesitations. Yeah. So it's just it's just a lot. <laughs> I mean, selling a house is a lot in one, but then it's like you're not selling a house to move into another house, you're selling a house to move into an RV yeah like that's a whole other unknown because you guys have never lived in an rv before no and and i keep trying to compare like one of the things that i've been doing to kind of like like work this through and like remind myself that this is going to be okay is what we did from connecticut to here right connecticut we had a 2100 square foot house and we moved into an 800 square foot apartment yeah you know so and i had a downsize and I didn't get to see the apartment. I saw pictures of the apartment before we moved in. So it's kind of the same thing. So I'm like, we've done this before mm -hmm. and we've moved 1800 miles away. We've downsized. It's just, I remember doing that and going, I never want to do this again. And here I am six years later. I even like, I think I made the joke before. Like I told John when we bought this house because what is our second real estate in Austin. And I was like, you have to promise me five years. It's like, you tried to move me out of this house in five years. I'm divorcing you. And here we are. It's at the three-year mark. And he's like, all right, let's go. You son of a bitch. <laughs> well, but it's, it's probably your idea too. It is. I mean, he was, he, 
I, I know I've mentioned this before. I think he hates and I say this. I'm like, I feel like you've been grooming me for this. Like, <laughs> let's buy an RV. Let's go away every weekend. Wouldn't this be fun? Like, but yeah, now it's both of us. Um, like I said, and I've mentioned in the past, this was like our retirement plan and just hearing so many stories, you know, with friends becoming sick and, you know, being home a couple weekends ago and spending time with family. It's just, we don't want to miss the opportunity. You know, I don't, God forbid, God forbid anything happens to one of us and we get sick and we can't do what we wanted to do. So I'm kind of just flying by the seat of my pants and living in this limbo. Uh, I think that's the part that I hate the most about it. It's It's the limbo. It's like, it's, yeah. Like, I wish, like, you know me, I'm such a process oriented person. I wish to be like, okay, we're out here. We're done here. We're moving here. Like, it's just, yeah. It's going to be, and if, if, your RV situation is anything like traveling with my husband where it's like we recently like because now we're into road trips it's literally like deciding last minute where we're gonna go without any place like we don't we don't plan ahead the stops along the way so when we drive somewhere um it's very much like we drive until he gets tired and then he's like Mm -hmm. find me what's the next big town find us and so it's I've gotten very good at that but it's very stressful I can't being like I don't know where where we're stopping I don't know where we're sleeping I don't know when we're sleeping Mm -mm. um my skin is crawling like you see me moving my skin is crawling (laughs) just hearing you say this like I can't I would not be able to that's how we and I'm very I used to be spontaneous but I'm not at all anymore Mm -hmm. I'm very much I need a plan um and Shane does not and so it's very much let's just see what happens and I so but the when like our final destination place has a plan right like when we drove to um where did we just go you're up in Wyoming oh Rocky Mountain National Park we knew where we were staying when we got there Mm -hmm. Um, but even that trip, like I knew we were headed to Estes park, Colorado, and I knew where we were staying, but after that, we didn't have a plan. We were originally supposed to go up into Wyoming and we ended up going down to Taos, New Mexico. No, like literally we were having dinner the night before we were leaving Colorado and was like, where are we going to go next? And we're like, I don't know. No. So like John and I are the same in that our spontaneity is still kind of plant if that makes sense (laughs) like if he goes to me hey I want to go to Tennessee or you know I want to drive to Connecticut where should we stop like I will go okay we're going to stop in Tennessee and then he'll do the math he's like all right here are the towns pick a hotel like so we always have a destination um because here's the thing he does all the driving first off because yeah I'm a terrible driver um (laughs) I am too. I don't drive at all. I always offer because I feel bad. I'm like, you've been driving for a really long time. Like, yeah. I just woke up from like a three hour nap. Can I drive yeah. for you? And he's mm-hmm. like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, me sitting there watching my Netflix. How you doing, baby? Uh, <laughs> so like, and that, and I get like hungry. And here's even the more so of why we have to plan now because the last couple trips we take is with me and not being able to eat like anything. I need to know where I can eat. So now I have to map out like stops. So like, that was one of the common questions we kept getting when we went home and we kind of told everybody like, we're, this is what we're going to do. Everybody kept asking us like, what's your first stop? And we're all, we both agree, like, we're going to go back to Connecticut. We're going to spend 
a couple months because we, me and him feel very deeply um, about wanting to spend more time with our nieces and nephews and my grandmother um, and his, you know, his grandparents or grandfather, excuse me. So that's going to be our first stop. And then everybody's like, well, what's after that? And like, John and I can't, like, we don't want to plan it. Like, we're just going to go to Connecticut. We're going to yeah. plan it when we're in Connecticut. But like right now, like the well, you idea. Have no idea how long you're going to want to stay in Connecticut. Right. And then I also like, I'm also like, all right, if everything goes well and it goes as planned and we're out of here at Jan in January, you know, we're probably going to head up to Florida because we're, you know, we're supposed to go to Disney with for my niece's five-year-old niece's fifth birthday, excuse me. Um, and then we're going to stay in Florida for a little bit and then pass the winter drive to Connecticut. But like, I want to see the new England in the fall. Cause that's the best part. I'm like, do we stay yeah. on the East coast for all of next year and don't really start our journey until like winter time. So it's like all these things. But one thing I keep telling people is like, I want to see Mount Rushmore. Like that's like, we were, everybody's you know, like, that's you're where be... we were supposed to go. We were supposed to do that on our last road trip. That's where mm -hmm. Gavin wanted to go. And everybody yeah. kept saying, you're going to be so disappointed. I was just about to say, I was like, you're gonna be so disappointed. I'm like, why? Yes. And they were like, don't make that the like main attraction of your trip like if right. you're gonna go do this go do it but you're gonna do it like passing through so yeah. it's funny that like yeah but we still want to do it so I so think I gonna next... do... oh go ahead sorry I was gonna say I think next summer we'll have the the sprinter van that Shane bought either fixed up so we can take that or we'll rent an RV ourselves. Like we'll just rent one because we don't want to buy one because we have the Sprinter van. Um, but he has a lot of time now. But I was thinking like, it would be so fun for us to meet up with you guys mm -hmm. and do like a week. I mean, I don't know how long Shane would be gone. Obviously, I don't have a job. Gavin will be on summer vacation. My hope would be able to be like a two week thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that, you know, what Shane will have with work, the company can, you know, he can do with that. But at least a week. We'll at least do a week. Yeah, that'd be so cool. You and I need to stay in touch so that we can come meet you. I mean, of course we will. So, well, no, but I mean about this. Because like, yeah, oh, definitely. Um, we'll be able to do at least a week. Um, and so we could meet you somewhere and then kind of do a trip together. Yeah. It would be fun. That'd be fun. Uh, the other thing too, like I've been talking to John about, I was like, obviously, I, I mean, everybody knows that we're huge into live music. And, and whatnot and I was like I want to find I want to plan trips around like venues that are on my bucket list but bands that I love and adore are playing at those venues mm. like I want to yeah like I've been to I went to Red Rocks I went, I went to a reggae fest it was cool Red Rocks has always been on my list but it, wouldn't it be cooler if we saw a band that we both enjoy at Red Rocks right. so like it would have made it better yeah that's also something I kind of want to do and he agrees with that so like we have all these different ideas it's just our first step is we're gonna get to Connecticut spend time with our nieces and nephews our grandparents our family um and then we'll plan it from there so yeah no I think I mean I think that's that's a plan though right like it may not feel like it right. but that is a plan yeah yeah so you do have somewhat you know your first stop right is Disney so you do kind mm -hmm. of have, right, you're going to take out of here and drive to Orlando. You can look between here, you know, here and there stops that you guys want to do. Right. You know, so that's, that's kind of a plan. Mm -hmm. Then from Florida, you're going to head up to Connecticut. So yeah. I feel like that. No, I mean, it is a plan. Yeah. You have a plan. It's not like, a, I mean, it's not obviously 
every detail planned out, but you do have a plan. So I feel like that should be a little bit like if you look at it that way, like we do actually have a plan. Right. It was funny too, because we were like talking about things today and we we're talking about like, uh, for everybody knows I'm up at the lake house, Heather and Shane's lake house. They were very kind to let us use it for the weekend. But I was like, this was our first experience being in close like proximity working. Oh, that house is tiny. Yeah, because normally I'm in my office, right? So if he works from home, he'll work at like on the kitchen counter and I'm still in my office. So like Oh, and Friday. we don't even have, yeah, we don't have any designated office space there either. It's all no. bedrooms. So Friday, we both worked from the kitchen table. Oh, and it's a tiny table. It actually worked out. I, I mean, my morning about that. My morning was slammed with calls, so I brought my headset because normally I'll speak over the speaker because I don't like wearing the headset. So I had that, and he put his headphones on, and he just worked. Today I didn't really have too many calls, but he's been on the phone all day, so it's kind of switched our days. So I just been like with my headphones on, like not listening. But and I was like, he's like, he's like, I actually don't mind it. It's not as like it's not as bad as we thought it would be. Yeah. But obviously, the way that we're setting up the trailer like it'll it'll have a little bit more um set up for work but this was like our first like test I mean granted it was like only like two days so I can imagine yeah. what it would be like after a month <laughs> well but if you guys go someplace and you're set up someplace nice and the weather is nice you can mm-hmm. you know I mean I would sit outside and work yeah you know and if yeah. you've got your headphones or he's got his headphones I mean like Shane when Shane's on a call he paces so Shane mm-hmm. would actually take calls outside and pace Right. Um, because he doesn't sit still when he's on the phone. Yeah. But that would be an option too. Like you have a folding table or get like a little folding table and obviously you'll have chairs to sit outside. I mean, obviously you'll yeah. have this stuff because you'll be set up to sit outside, you know, to, to play games or drink or, you know, have coffee or whatever in the morning. Yeah. But you'll have a I mean, it's not a desk, but it would be a space. Right. And I think those days would work when I'm not having to do like presentation like my calls on Friday were very much led by me but if I'm just on a call or if I'm just doing busy work yeah I could do that all day I just haven't had that type of day the the past few days that we've been here um but the dogs Lucy is like in heaven like I always feel that that's the other thing John and I talked about too I was like I feel like we're taking that away from her she's not going to have like that free range now that she really has it here we haven't been allowing them out front by themselves it's just been kind of out back Mm. Um, but she runs like, like yeah. you've seen, remember when I used to bring her over to your house and as soon as she touches grass, she just loses it. Yes. It's That's kind of what she's been doing. So she's been like in her glory and I'm like, oh, she's going to hate us. <laughs> no, because I mean, you have to think about like the places that you go. I mean, you guys pick places. I mean, and obviously different States are going to have different amenities at their RV places. Right. But I'm sure that there will be places. I mean, that you could take oh, them. Yeah, most of them. And- yeah, most of them have dog parks, which she loves from the yeah. ones that we visited. She loves and obviously like walking. I didn't. That's the other thing. I didn't get to walk them that much up here because I don't want to go up and down that hill. <laughs> There's not really anywhere. I mean, I wouldn't walk up and down that hill. It's not. I mean, it's. Yeah, it's rocky. And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do it either. Yeah. And my um, luck, I slip and fall and like, you know, cut my face open or something. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't walk up and down that it's not really a road. It's more like an off-road <laughs> road. So anyway. I always laugh whenever we come up here and I like hold my chest because my boobs always jiggle every time we go up the <laughs> So John looked at me the, the other day when we got here. He's like, your boobs jiggling? I was like, actually, I wear a sports bra today and they're pretty They're good. held in. They're held in. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is hilarious. On that note. On that note, this week we have uh, Lauren uh, who is actually Heather's sister. So Heather, you feel free. Yes. Let's 
Let's talk. Lauren is my, I call her my baby sister. She's forever going to be my baby sister, even though she's in her thirties now. Um, but Lauren takes us, so we're continuing with our women owned small business, um, series, which actually is going to end up going into November because we had so many, so many incredible women that wanting to be a part of this. So that makes me really excited. But Lauren is our second one and her story is, um, she takes us through how she started out. She was a nanny for a long time. And then she worked at a preschool and things happened, kind of led her along the way. And she has her own in-home preschool, which I have helped out. I actually was just there last Friday because my mom and dad and older sister took Gavin to Dallas for the Texas OU game. So I had to stay and help Lauren with the kids. Um, And there is a special kind of human it takes to work in that environment. Yeah. Um, I love kids. I nannied when I was younger, but I don't think, and I've worked in preschool daycare, you you know, before, and I don't think that I could ever do it like an in-home anything. So shout out to anybody who takes care of children who are not your own. Right. There's there's a special place in heaven for you guys. Yes, it (laughs) is. It is incredible. Um, but it is, you know, it's funny because I've helped Lauren in the past or, or when Lauren, you know, had an appointment or something like I'll go be there with my mom or something. But like after hearing Lauren kind of take us on her journey, being there on Friday, I, I was more in tune with what she was doing and how she was doing it. And I was like, mm-hmm. you were made for this. Like, she's so good at oh, what awesome. she does and the kids love her. Um, So I just, I don't know. This is a special one for me because it's my sister and it's, she's telling us all about her business, um, the good, the bad. And I don't know. I love it. I, and I, I think everybody else will too. Cause I think that there's, there's a new appreciation you will find for people who are in any kind of childcare, small children, anything like that. Right. I think it's also too one of my favorite parts of the conversation we had is I think one of the questions we asked her was like, is there any time that like you had um to like say no or whatever and like deal with somebody that was just upset? And it's it's interesting to see her hear her talk about, you know, when she first started how she would handle those situations and how she's grown into this position now where she's just like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> not going to do it. So, um, I think it's, it's a lot being say where you can recognize growth in a person. And it was really nice to see that in her. Yeah. Oh, just hearing you say that (laughs) makes me want to (laughs) cry. I mean, I get it. Like she, she, she's younger than me, right. Or younger than us, but like, it's, it's hard to start something your own. What was she, but 27, 28, I think she said, what was it like six years she's been doing it. You know, when you're that young and, and we had a similar conversation with Madison, who will be a different episode in this series. But like when you're young and especially starting out in something that is either just yours or just a new career, like there's things that you would do and looking back at it. And I've, I've talked about this on my own self, like things I did as a young career person or career woman. And I'm like looking back at it now, like, what the fuck were you thinking? Right. Like yeah. you have those moments of like. So seeing and seeing it in her and her recognizing it too, I think was really nice and refreshing to see. So um, I think it's going to be a great episode for everybody to listen to. And I'm so excited for this series. It's definitely um, 
turning out to be exactly like what we wanted and which is perfect. So I know. And it's, it's, I think we were nervous for a little while that we weren't going to have any, anybody wanting to participate, but now it's like, we go into November with it. And so I just, I'm like, wow, that's really cool that we have, we have this. And I think the only non-local is Amber Mm -hmm. from, well, she's not from Austin. She's from upstate. I think she's back in upstate New York. Um, but she lived here for a long time. Um, I think she's the only one not local. So yeah. Anyway, uh, we hope you love this episode as much as we do. And, uh, if you do, if you don't, we don't want to hear about it, but if you do, (laughs) then, um, let us know, please rate us, leave us a review on iTunes. It is the only way for our little podcast to move up in the rankings for other people to find us. And Nikki, you do the rest of this field because you always do. I don't want to mess it up. You got it. So if you want to talk with us for any reason or have any comments, feedback, I mean, I know we said we don't want the bad stuff, but yes, let's, if we have to, if we have to deal with bad stuff, we can deal with bad stuff, but you can contact us uh, at our email address at hello at unlikely to apologize.com. You can also message us on Instagram at unlikely to apologize podcast. Um, my, or our personal ones, mine is Nikki underscore cams and yours is. Heather Lynn Flores. As always, we are getting ready to, um, well, not as always, but we are, we are normally, this would be the point is like, as always, if you know anybody that wants to share their story. Um, but I think it's a perfect segue to also say we are coming to the end of our season because we're getting into holiday months. Um, so our interviews are probably dwindling down for the year, but we will be preparing for next year. So if you do have somebody that's interested in sharing their story, or even if you have a topic that you guys would like us to talk about or want our opinions on, feel free to contact us in any way of those platforms um, that I suggested earlier. And uh, we'll have announcements on how the rest of the season is going to look as we carry on through this series. Yeah. Can you believe we've been doing this for 10 months? I can't. We're nope. like finishing up our first year and it's, I know you don't want to celebrate what we're celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> I will celebrate that. I will celebrate that. Um, Cause yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. we hope you love this episode and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye everyone. Hey Lauren. Thanks for joining us tonight. Hi. I'm so glad to be here. I hey know. sister. Oh, Hey. I know <laughs> this is a special uh, interview because we have Heather's sister Lauren on with us tonight. Yes. So following um, Beth for October is uh, Women Owned Small Business Month. And last week we had Beth on. And so um, we are featuring women owned businesses. I think everybody is local in Austin. So that's why we had Lauren on. My sister's a business owner. (laughs) So (laughs) tell us who you are and what you do. So my name is Lauren and I operate an in-home preschool in Southwest Austin. Um, uh, We got started, I say we, because my mom works with me every day. So uh, we got started in May of 2016. Fun, fun, fun. How many kids do you have like a day? Because I'm so so interested in I know, a lot of people are. We are actually licensed with the state. So with licensing, you can have 12 kids. Um, But right now we have less. We have a couple babies. Um, Our youngest right now is five months, almost six months, I guess our first um, 
youngest baby will be um, six months on the first. So um, we try to keep a little less when we have infants just because, you know, they require, you know, more attention. So we want to be able to give that. So uh, yeah, but we can have 12, 12 at the most. <laughs> so my first question is what on this earth <laughs> made you decide that this is what you wanted to do? Yeah. So I've always worked with kids. I think I started babysitting when I was 12. I think my first, I guess you could say job, <laughs> um, when we lived, on um, Pinckney, there was a woman that lived, I think like two or three houses up from us. And she was having triplets and had a two-year-old as well. So one summer she asked if during the week I would be interested in being like a mother's helper where I went up the street and um, helped her. So I, I remember you doing this. Yeah. So I did that. I would go run errands with her or I would be at the house with her and, um, uh, one memory I have, I remember having the three babies lined up in their high chairs and like going down the line, feeding, like giving each one a spoonful <laughs> of food. <laughs> um, but I think it just started from there. I, in high school, I worked at an after school place. I think it was called Colusio. And then I also worked at a place, it's called Jackie's. I don't know if it's still there or not, but I, there was like a first grade class and I would go after school, the teacher would get done and then I would have the kids after school. Um, so I did that. I always babysat. And then I guess it just kind of my love for kids and, um, you know, they're just so innocent. And I think I, there's some quote that's like kids laugh, you know, like, X amount of times a day. It might be like 300 times a day or something. And adults wow. laugh maybe like five or six times, you know? So it's like, oh, you know, people always ask sad. like how you meet <laughs> out with kids. And it's like, they're just, they, you know, they can make you a little crazy sometimes, <laughs> but they mean well and they love you and they tell you they love you and they just want to hug you. And I think it's just like their innocence and, you know, you don't realize, I guess, when you work with kids, really the impact that you have on them. Right. So, what was your major in college at UTSA? Well, that's, so it actually is business marketing. Um, and I remember graduating and being like, what am I going to do with this degree? So <laughs> funny, you know, I ended up being a nanny. Um, Beth um, actually was Aaron and Zachary's mom. <laughs> and that's what we just had on our podcast, the Pilates um, studio owner. Lauren oh, wow. was her nanny. I, that's oh, how I know Beth. Mm -hmm. That yeah. was the first family I nannied for. So I think when I started for them, uh, Aaron was four and Zachary was a baby. And now Aaron's in high school, <laughs> which is so crazy. Um, and Gavin and Zachary are the same age. And then I ended up nannying for a second family after that. And that's how I ended up at a preschool called Olive Tree because- oh, Yes, Olive Ava, Tree was- mm -hmm. So Ava and Quinn were the two girls that I nannied for after Aaron and Zachary. And Ava was already at Olive Tree when I started for them. And you couldn't start at Olive Tree until you were 18 months old. So they did tell me, 
that when I started, it would be for a short period of time because once Quinn could go to Olive Tree, they were going to put her there. And so my thing was, I knew I was like, okay, I'm going to be a nanny for this family for a short period of time. And then that will make me figure out what I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> right. right. So I was going to, I yeah. was going to ask, so you did all this nannying and, you know, the after school program and you got to this like turning point, you're like, all right, what do I do next? Did, was yeah. did you hear your first idea? I never in a million years thought <laughs> that I would be doing what I do now. No. Right. Well, you um, had an office job, one office job, right? So through you again, I worked uh, Carson, I think worked for um, a couple attorneys and they were looking for like an office assistant or something like that. And I went in and of course, Carson knew me. So that you got the job <laughs> to get the job. I also want to just make a funny statement because working for attorneys would make you do any other job that you would never think that you would <laughs> it do. Was, so I remember I was basically like the bitch, right? I mean, like anything that they didn't want to do. I did. I remember this one attorney. I don't even remember what it was, but he had like cars, like, like almost like toy cars or something. And I had to like type up like this list of like cars for him. Like it was just the most yeah. ridiculous thing I had ever done with my life. And I was like, what am I doing? I <laughs> and it's that- funny because I had a different experience. I started out at a law firm as the bitch, right? You're the office bitch. And I worked my way up. And by the time I left law, I was a family law paralegal. Yeah. Um, and so no. it's just so funny that like, you were like, fuck this. I'm out. And I was like, I will do anything you want to prove myself to move up in this. Well, I Lauren's like, you probably, also, out. you probably also had an interest in law, right? I mean, that probably made a difference if you were like, I always, um, I always say, cause but I was a paralegal for, um, I did a couple of different laws, but my main focus was patent law. And I did it. I climbed the ladder up into a docketing manager And I used to make this joke that there has to be a class in law school where they teach these people to be complete assholes to their (laughs) staff. Like, see, my my attorneys were not. Oh, I love them. I'm still not saying all of them, but most of them. them. Yeah, not all of them. Some of them I really love, and I'm not going to name names, but there were some that, like, I got to the point where, like, you couldn't pay me enough money to stay. Like, you could. (laughs) Yes. Well, I think it was also too, I sitting still for me, like sitting at a desk and like being stuck to a desk inside is not my cup of tea either. Uh, Honestly, with the kids, we spend the majority of the day outside. Um, So just getting to like be outside and not having to like feel like I'm stuck at a desk in front of a computer all day. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's even like typing some emails, like I'll have, you know, some parent emails to respond to or, you know, new clients interested and I have to email. And after like 10 minutes of sitting in front of the computer, sending emails, I'm like, I don't know how people do this. (laughs) So it definitely works out for me that I don't really have to do that a whole lot. So was the the law firm before Olive Tree or after? Because didn't Olive Tree close? And that's when you were like, crap. So it was before. So the series of events was kind of funny. Um, So I nannied for Ava and Quinn and the time was sort of coming to an end where they were going to want to start Quinn. And I was still kind of in the, what am I doing? Like, where am I going with my life? And I guess a teacher 
at Olive Tree was leaving. Mm. And so they were like, you know, why don't you go in? Like, we'll recommend you. Why don't you go in and, you know, interview for it? So I went in and met the owner um, of Olive Tree and ended up starting to work there. (laughs) And I don't remember, this must've been, I don't think I worked there that long. So this must've been like 2015, I think. And so then fast forward to February of 2016, the owner called everyone into a meeting and told us that she was closing both campuses down in two weeks, oh, the end of February. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no big deal. Like, so all of these parents with their kids had no idea. The staff had no idea. And so another teacher that I worked with in um, the classroom actually did what I do now. So she started an in-home, she's in um, out past the airport. And that's sort of how I got the idea in my head because I don't even know that I would have thought of to do this, honestly. And it worked out because now here was all these families with nowhere to go. I know it's a perfect, you know, perfect clientele right there who already know. Well, yeah, you. because imagine the wait lists for other places to get your kid in and all these parents I'm sure work and that's why their kids have to go somewhere. Yeah. So with starting an in-home, there are steps obviously that have to take place. That was my question too, before we dive into that, because obviously mm-hmm. you have daycare where you have a building and you have obviously those rules, but I don't know if this was stated earlier, but yours is in home. So it's at your house, right? So the funny thing about that is actually there's a minimum standards. And I think there are some differences with in homes and like commercial preschool or daycares, but a lot of the minimum standards are the same. And it was funny because the lady that would show up at Olive Tree to do the inspections was the lady that showed up to do mine. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I actually had knew her a little bit. Um, so yes, there are steps that take place. You have to first like fill out, you know, online um, to get started through the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services. And then there's an inspection that takes place. They come out and like, make sure you have everything set up, how it, you know, it needs to take place or needs to be set up. So when you, for the setup of this, cause it's in your home, right. does it have to be separate from living quarters or are you able to use your whole house? So I actually started this in home at my parents' house okay. and we had it separate. So I had it like gated off. Mm -hmm. But I do think there are some homes that it's kind of like intermingled in their living spaces. So that is kind of how mine is at my house now. You know, I have a living room and that's where like the babies are. Right. Um, So that's where, you know, if you came into my house, you know, there's all the all the kids stuff everywhere. But the older kids, it's more gated off and I don't have a kitchen table. Um, I have you know, three little kid tables in where my kitchen table would be. (laughs) Um, So, 
but yeah, so basically after I found out that Olive Tree was closing, I talked to another teacher at Olive Tree and we ended up doing, while I was getting set up, sort of an in-home situation at one of the kids' houses that went to Olive Tree and needed care. So I told some of these parents, like, look, this is my plan. I'm going to start an in-home but you know, I have to get everything set up and I have to go through the whole process. So in the meantime, we'll meet at this house and do it here until I get you know, my license. And so I think we probably had five or six kids that every day we would go to this um, family's house and the kids would show up. And um, I ended up starting out as registered. Um, so there are three different, I guess, tiers of having an in-home. So you can be listed and you can have three kids and you don't get inspected. No one shows up, nothing like that, I guess, unless you got reported. And then there's registered where you can have six kids and you do get inspected. And then there's licensed where you can have the 12 kids and also the same thing you get um, an inspector shows up yearly. So I started out as just registered and I was at my parents' house and slowly, you know, we had a family get pregnant (laughs) (laughs) and we actually at first started out as at 18 months and up. And then when this family got pregnant, we added infants. And so it slowly just started growing. <laughs> and here we are now. <laughs> but, and you're usually always at capacity, right? Like you're not at capacity now by choice, right? Or you just had a bunch of kids age out. Yes. So I just had um, a little girl. She was actually my first kid to go from infant to kindergarten so she started at three months and just went off to kindergarten (laughs) that's got to be a little heartbreaking right because you not that obviously they have parents but like you're another fixture in their life and then they don't see you it's got to be heartbreaking for both of you right yes well you're a major fixture right because you're eight to five monday through friday well so we actually have her um little sister ruby and uh So she shows up at pickup now and like comes around and shows her, you know, elementary school t-shirt because she actually goes to the same elementary school that I went to. (laughs) So um, that's what's fun for us though. And like, that's again, what makes it like worth it. You get to, I think with the in-home, it's more intimate, you know, like you get to have these kids and see like, all their milestones and you know you get to know their families and it's just different for me than working at like a big center right Um, I was trying to think like when I was younger my parents had put me in daycare but I was in like actual facility type daycares I don't think I ever did in home some of my earliest memories actually are me and my daycare (laughs) no and we have people that like seek out specifically in homes you know they want like the smaller setting and you know, well, just the feel of like the baby being like in a house and, you know, just like more warm and kind of that's thing. That's what like, I was going to ask too. Do you, obviously that means you get positive feedback, but I, right. 
I wonder as well, like, do people kind of get, obviously word of mouth helps because, yes. you know, you're taking care, but like for people that are looking for daycare, my initial thought, and it would be like, okay, do I trust this person? It's in their home. It's right. So what are some kind of like things that you offer to parents to make them feel more comfortable that they're dropping their kids off at somebody's house, right? Like, right. Instead yeah. of like a facility. So I think it's definitely what you said as far as word of mouth. Honestly, I mean, knock on wood, and I'm super thankful for this, but actually having to advertise hasn't been something I've really had to do a whole lot of. And something else that's super fun for me is right now I take care of all of my best friend's kids. <laughs> awesome. um, so that's just, you know, for me, super fun and just kind of like how you're, you know, you look back on your life and where you end up and how it turns out. And just like the fact that now, you know, I've been friends with these girls since I was in middle school and now I'm, you know, taking care of their children. <laughs> yeah. um, but as far as in-home, I think when I have new parents come to visit, um, typically how I handle new clients is if someone reaches out to me for, you know, they're interested, I'll send very basic information in an email. But for me, I want them quickly to come, you know, to see how it's set up. Because I think sometimes you say an in-home thing and you, like, you kind of ask, like, how is it set up in your house and like in sort of in your living quarters? Like, what does that look like? So I think it can be hard to picture sometimes what that means when you say, you know, I have an in-home preschool, I have an in-home daycare. So typically for me, I try not to go back and forth in emails very much. I'll be like, this is the information as far as like tuition, you know, I'll send my parent handbook, my calendar. And then I'm like, if all of this basic information works, you know, let's send, set up a time for you to come visit. And I think then when people come in, you know, and it's very, again, sort of an intimate, like here you sit on my couch, you know, yeah, like yeah. we'll sit on the floor, like, and we're in the space where the kids hang out. Right. Um, so, and, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just, I think for them, once they come and see, and I'm going to give a big shout out to my mom, honestly, because, you know, she's raised four children and basically five with Madison. My, um, she helped with Gavin when Gavin was a tiny yeah, baby. So, you know, I think just having my mom and like just the combined experience and. Um, hey, I've helped too. Yeah. Yes. I, I owe you a lot for that. <laughs> um, so well, I have a, I have a couple questions. Yeah. Two, two different directions. First one being, and, and in no way comparing this to dogs, but <laughs> whenever, um, so I have a daycare that I used to bring Penny to mm -hmm. when I lived down South, shout out to Jill at Working Wolf because I love her, but they do like a, like a, an exam day or a test day just to kind of see how it goes. Do you kind of give that window? Like, let's give this a shot for like a week. Have you ever had to say, you know what? I don't think this is going to work out. Like, how do you, if you've ever had to do that, okay. and how do you handle that? Cause I feel like that would be very uncomfortable. Like, Hey, I can't, your kid's too much. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like that'd be like, no, I can't. You your kid's an asshole and they have to go. <laughs> well, and it's funny you say that because I actually just had, um, a little boy start. He'll be one, um, in October 
and his mom was so worried about him starting. Um, she was like, have you ever had to kick out a baby? <laughs> I, I mean, like, it's, it's an honest question. No, like, it's like a difficult, yeah, it's yes. a difficult child. So, to answer that, sort of, um, I had a little boy and he just wasn't adjusting. So to me, it wasn't like a behavior thing. It was more so like, he just, because, okay, so the whole, you know, stranger danger, you bring your kiddo, drop them off with us and they've never been to school before. They've never been dropped off anywhere before, but typically there's a transition period. And also even in that, usually once, you know, out of sight, out of mind, you know, their parents drop off, they leave and the kids are totally fine. I mean, they'll have moments throughout the day where they, you know, get upset or whatever, but this particular child was just struggling. And for me, it's like, I don't want my house to be a negative experience for anyone. Um, You know, so it's like, it's not, my environment is not, doesn't work for everybody, right? Just like any environment wouldn't work for anybody. So for him, maybe, you know, being at home with a nanny or something would be more beneficial for him. Um, so the, the parents were very sweet. Um, and there was a lot of just like, you know, let's give it X amount more time. And if they haven't adjusted, you know, maybe we just decide, you know, let's try later on, you know, maybe when they're older or something like that. So that is the only experience in that instance where I was like, kind of like, okay, yeah, it's, he's not, he, it's not, you know, it doesn't seem like he's going to transition at this time, at least at his age. Um, so he, he did leave. So, but it's always like, you want to like push it. Cause you're like, okay, maybe tomorrow will be the day where he right. comes and he's fine. And so you keep wanting to just like have them come and you know, try it out. But at some point, right, you kind of have to be like, okay, you know, he's not coming and enjoying himself, which is then obviously causing stress for everyone else. So, well, yeah, because it's kind of a disruption too, right? Because it's, yes. it's changing the daily routine for others as well. Yeah. Yes. Which, I mean, that's the thing for me and my mom, you know, it is just us too. So um, that is, again, a reason why I appreciate the size of the, the group that we have being small is that it makes it easier if one child is needing more attention, you know, you can kind of give that to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it becomes an all day, you know, everyday kind of situation, you sort of have to decide, like, you know, you don't want all the other kids to have to, you know, be disrupted. So. Yeah. All right. And my second question um have you ever had to deal with, or I don't want to say, I don't know how I'm trying to word this, but like, yeah. has anybody ever been like, oh my God, you're so young. Like, I'm going to leave my child with a young, younger, you know what I mean? No. Like, have ever I've never a- had, maybe I'm old. <laughs> 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 I've never had, I, I get a lot of like, do you have your own kids? Um, right. But I don't, I don't, and since 2016, I don't think I've ever had anybody say you're so young. So uh, in 2016, how old were you? So how old were you when you started? I should know this because I'm your sister, but I don't do math in public. 26. So was that six years ago? 
I was 28. I'm 34. 28, I guess, when I started. I guess we're going to be adults by that point, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sometimes. I guess a lot, I mean, all my friends have kids. So I guess people, most people that come there, I mean, we, I guess I'm trying to think how, like, if we've ever had parents that were like, not older, but you know, I feel like probably most of our parents are around my age though. Well, and it probably helps though for if anybody would feel that way, right? Like you have your mom doing it with you. So there is an older person there. Yeah. And I think my mom has always been there when families have come to visit. So, and uh, even dad was there when he used to do it out of their house. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So no, I don't think I've ever had anybody, you know, ask me about my age. So maybe I look, maybe I look old or maybe I just am old. I don't know. Or maybe they just (laughs) want to get rid of their kids and they're just like, she's going to take them for me. That could be the case too. (laughs) Um, so I guess my question would be, what is the biggest lesson maybe that you've learned kind of about being a business owner, or if somebody were to come to you and be like, Hey, I want to open my own in-home daycare preschool. What would be your top piece of advice for them? I guess it would be like to just be ready to feel responsible for everything that happens. You know, you're the owner and I'm there all the time. Um, but there are obviously instances in which owners are not there, but regardless of if you're there or not, you're the owner. So if something happens, you, it's on you. So I think that was a big thing for me is because I'm a big people pleaser. Um, and I take things, you know, very personal and I'm an emotional sensitive person. And so thinking for me to be like a business owner, you know, like, and have to deal with all of these people is definitely out of my comfort zone. So I think it's definitely helped me grow. Um, and I would tell anybody that wanted to do it, you know, if I can do it, you can do it because personally, like if you would have told me, you know, 10 years ago that I would be doing this, I would have been like, there's no way. (laughs) And there are still sometimes in some instances where I struggle with being like the people pleaser and, you know, kind of having to be like, you know, this is how I operate. And I kind of have to like, you know, figure out what I want that to look like because it's, you know, it's your life every day. Um, so yeah, it's definitely been, it's definitely helped me grow and it's, it's been an adventure. <laughs> so I have another question and I feel like I know the answer to this, but I don't know if you really want to get into it, but okay. what was the worst thing that has ever happened or the biggest struggle or obstacle that you've had to overcome as an in-home daycare owner? Oh, okay. Well, this memory will always stick with me. And I don't know if this is what you're thinking of, but when you take care of children, they're always getting hurt. Oh, like they fall, they're bleeding. It's like, and of course you're, every time they fall and you see the blood coming out of their mouth, you're like, do you have all your teeth? Like what is (laughs) happening right now? So there was one day that I had this little boy 
and he was running inside and it was on carpet, but he tripped and saw the blood in the mouth. I picked him up and I set him on the counter and a tooth fell out of his mouth. So I had to call. Was it a baby tooth? It was was a baby tooth. Thankfully, all of my kids are little and don't lose teeth at my house, except (laughs) in this instance, and hopefully never again, because it was so (laughs) traumatizing. I had to call his mom and say, hey, he's okay, but (laughs) he fell and his tooth fell out of his mouth. So they came and picked him up. He went to the dentist. Everything was fine. But I would say that's as far as like in that aspect of like injuries and like dealing with kids, that's the scariest part for me, right? It's like you take care of these kids and like your job is to send them home in one piece. uh, It's like, here you have this child now whose tooth fell out. (laughs) So that will always stick with me it was traumatizing <laughs> so but yes you have those certain kids that every day they fall just like 20 times a day and you're like when they stand up you're just like please don't have broken bones have all of your teeth like please <laughs> so it's fun yeah that that sounds fun i was actually referring to the fuckleys but i don't oh know if you want to talk about that that's not oh. the real name that's what we call them um <laughs> But I, I don't know if you, you can say, no, you don't want to talk about it. Um, yeah. You don't have to give a whole lot of information, but I feel like as a brand new business owner, oh, getting gosh. sued for the first time by your I neighbor. think maybe I tried to block that out of my head. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. Uh, so that was when I started out at uh, my parents' house and their next door neighbor was upset that we were taking care of kids in the house because he was complaining that we were causing traffic (laughs) which was not a thing and that the kids were loud in the backyard and try to keep a long story short basically he was suing my parents technically because it was their house um but it was because of my business in their house and he was able to sue them on behalf of the HOA covenants The HOA was super nice. They basically weren't going to do anything. And then even all of their neighbors, you know, I got concerned when he was saying all of this stuff that maybe all of the neighbors felt the same way. So then I start questioning, like, um, are we bothering everybody with these kids at the house? And so we, me and my dad went to every neighbor on their street, the cul-de-sacs, everybody. And basically all of their responses were exactly the same. We love hearing the kids play. Like if you live in a neighborhood, like I was about to say something about children, laughter, children's laughter. But if you hate kids, don't live in a neighborhood. Yes. Well, that's besides the point. And he (laughs) ended up working out. And that's sort of the thing is it's like, I went back and forth on what to do with the whole thing thing and we ended up settling with him and I ended up moving into the house that I'm in now and it's been fine and again I think who knows what it would look like right if that didn't happen yeah so again you kind of could have been a blessing in disguise yes you look back and you're like and I feel this way about just life in general you know things happen that you're like 
oh my gosh, this is the worst thing to happen. And it's stressful and it's, you know, almost but also being a new business owner and getting literally a lawsuit, like getting served with a lawsuit. Yeah. Was yeah, no, I didn't really know what it was going to look like. Um, and it did put stress because, you know, I was at my, my parents' house and then, you know, financially it's like, okay, well, I'm going to move into my own place. And then, you know, you add on like bills and stuff, obviously in that aspect. And, um, again, it ended up working out, but yes, again, being the kind of my personality, you think the worst, of course. Like I am always like, this is going to turn out like terribly. Oh, wait, are you, are you Heather's sister? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Hey, she's really not you. as bad as I am about the drama. <laughs> she's actually, she's actually out of all the girls. She's the most chill. Well, I think I just, lot. I internalize a little bit more. <laughs> I was about to say, you don't probably put it out into the world yeah. as much. I definitely am probably as dramatic and stressed, but it's, inside of my own (laughs) I don't really express it I guess um but yes it it was it was a lot to deal with it was stressful um but I think again just like having obviously support of you know family and their neighbors were all very nice and even our families um were super badass attorney shout out Ray Molinar yes I obviously could not have gone through that without without his help so I certainly appreciate that Heather worked for lawyers (laughs) that was helpful because honestly at the end of the day what would we have done without like I mean we would have been really screwed so um but yes it worked out and I'm I'm happy with with obviously the outcome now and looking back we can laugh at it so (laughs) it is quite quite a story (laughs) um okay so then I think my next question is what do you have any regrets? Like, is there anything that you would have done differently or do you not have any regrets or is there anything that you look back on and you're like, man, that really should have been handled differently? Man. Um, I think I try not to think that way. Um, just in life in general to, you know, situations sometimes in the moment, I think you're always going to be like, did I say the right thing? Should I have said that differently? But at the end of the day, you can't really change, you know, what's happened. And I think for me too, now being able to like look back on things that have happened and seeing where I'm at now. I mean, obviously I feel like this is cliche to say, but it's like everything happens for a reason. And, you know, you're put in different, you know, you're, you're put in certain situations and given, you know, certain hard things to deal with for a reason um that's like so, one of the things I say throughout my whole life like yeah <laughs> it's such a cliche thing thing but like mm-hmm. there's a reason for it to happen there's a reason yeah. there's a place for growth there's a place for a lesson somebody's trying to I always think too like when it's something bad not bad something that could be like considered negative I'm always like all right I'm being challenged here and I need to you know, I'm like an overanalyzer. Like I need to take the whole thing off the table and just kind of pick it apart. Right. But there's a reason for these things that happen. It's, it's a reason for growth. It's a reason for you to, one of the things is sometimes maybe I'm being too cocky and I need to take a step back and go check yourself, Nick. Like yeah. it's a, I, I do believe that I agree with you when it comes to life. I'm the same way with everything happens for a reason. There's a reason I'm here. There's a reason why this happened. There's a lesson to be learned. 
or maybe I need to take a step back and reevaluate what I am doing. Like there's, it's, there, right. it's the, way the universe is just giving you a pause yes. to just like pay attention. This is happening. Yeah. Figure your shit out. <laughs> yeah. I think that's been kind of nice for me too, is like, I've the, the parents that we've had and the families that we've had, you know, they're, you build this relationship with them as well too. So like, even to, you know, sometimes, you know, there will be some asks of things and, um, you know, obviously you want to keep it business, um, and not personal. Uh, so I think that's been one of the bigger lessons for me too, is like when somebody's asking something of me, you know, I have to remember I do operate a business, you know, it's not personal. It's like, they're just, they're trying to figure it out and they're, you know, looking for an answer and, it's not anything against me. And I think that's been something that I've learned a lot too, because being someone that takes everything personally and like overanalyzing everything you say and you're going to do, it's like, what are they going to think of me if I say it this way or this way, you know? So it's like, that can be a big challenge for sure for me is like feeling like, what are they going to, you know, are they going to pull their kid out if I, you know, say it this way or this way, or, you know, don't do what they've asked, you know, me to do or something like that. So there are definitely days where, where it's a struggle, but for the most part, it's, it's been a positive experience and I wouldn't change, wouldn't change any of it. And honestly, for me, I feel like it's also sort of just the beginning, you know, I've been doing it for six years, but you know, I, there's lots of growth that I'm, you know, interested in and considering and, um, long-term there's, you know, a lot that that was going to be my next question. Would you ever take it out of in-home to make it more? So uh, that's the plan. Um, again, right. One of the scariest parts of doing what I do is taking care of children. And I'm, the, the thought of, you know, turning control over, right. If you expand, you have to have staff. So the thought of going and moving into a space and having more classrooms and having more kids is it's like, well, then I have to hire people. And then you have to trust those people to feel the same way and do the job the same way you do. Right. And that to me is terrifying. <laughs> I will tell you from a management standpoint of I had a team of five and you train them and you would hope that they work the way that you do. And then there is nothing more that I took personal in that position when they would make a mistake or they Mm -hmm. didn't do something right because it was like, I showed you everything. (laughs) You should know this. And it it is, it's, it's, it's a very hard thing because it's this, it's your livelihood. It's you, it's you, they're representative of you. And even though you can't control their actions all day. And I had, I struggled with this very on a daily basis Mm -hmm. because I had to learn that no matter what I did, I still believed I was doing a good job, but you can't you can't take right. responsibility in the sense of what people are going to do because in yeah. that moment where they're making decisions, they're not thinking of you, right? They're yeah. thinking of themselves. Like nobody is out there for you. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's the scary part. I think when you have small kids that you have a responsibility for that, if, if you have a staff member who loses their temper too easily or who's distracted by their phone and something happens, Yep. Um, and just like, right. My husband owns multiple businesses 
And we have conversations pretty regularly about him hiring staff. And the one thing that we always come back to is nobody gives a fuck like you do. Right. It's your right? So like nobody is going to care as much about the outcome of any of this right. more than you or the same as you, because it's yours. Yeah. You're the one that you're the one that's going to benefit the most, but you're also the one that could lose everything in an instant. Mm-hmm. So it's, I get that. Yeah. yeah. It's a hard thing to struggle with. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot to consider. I I do know for sure if I ever, you know, did expand and move out of the house, it would always be something small. And um, that was one of the things I did like about Olive Tree when I worked there is um, the campus that I ended up being at when they closed. I think the capacity was like 34 kids or something. There was only two classrooms. Um, so it would definitely still be something, you know, you would, you almost still want to feel like a little bit of an in-home situation, like intimate, small, but again, taking care of kids, it's, it's a lot. Um, and honestly, until Heather helped, um, when I went on a trip in July, I really hadn't since before starting taken any days off other than what our calendar is set at. Um, and I'll tell you what, I came for those two full days and I was like, these kids, I mean, they're adorable and they're the sweetest kids and they are really so happy to see you, except some of them cry because they don't know you. <laughs> Stranger but dude. it's exhausting. I'm exhausted. And I was only there for two full days and I'm like, I was yeah. exhausted. So, I mean, that's sort of what you think. What's, what can you manage for how long, right? You know, like my sister-in-law's mom, um, does an in-home in Lakeway and, um, you know, she's been doing it for years and she's on a little bit of a smaller scale. Um, but it's, you know, taking care of kids, it's, it's a lot of stress and it's a lot of worrying. And so you do, it crosses my mind, right? Like at what point can, how long can you keep up with it? Right. Before you're like, you get tired and all of that. So, you kind of need to, in my mind, at least, I feel like I need to have like, what's the next step? You know, what, where do I go from here? And I'm, I know that there's people that do in homes and they stick within homes until, you know, they retire, I guess. Um, but I think for me, what I always say I would love to have is sort of like a farm school. <laughs> you know, we love, we love being outside. And so, you know, my, thought of like what a dream atmosphere would be like for the kids would be like you know a lot of open space you know being outside baby goats animals (laughs) um so that's sort of what I what I envision will be next um but again there's a lot of steps that play into that and it's a lot of mental for me you know being in your own head of it being scary and what does that look like? And so well, any kind of massive change is scary. Anything that involves change is scary. Yes. I'm definitely like a big routine. Let's do the same thing every day (laughs) kind of person. So feeling like I'm going to step out even more so out of my comfort zone, (laughs) Um, but we'll see what happens right now. It's just in my head. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm so proud of you, baby sister. 
I say that you're grown, yeah. but you're still my baby <laughs> sister. I'm so proud of you. Well, thank you. I mean, I, like I said, I definitely owe a lot to, you know, the support of family and, you know, it's, it makes a big difference when you feel like you have a support system. So right. I know for me, that's, that's been helpful from day one. So I couldn't, couldn't do it alone. <laughs> do you have any other questions, Nikki? No, I think I'm good. This was great. I okay. am right. like, just the thought of that many kids. <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I make a joke all the time. I have two corgis and they're enough for me. Like I can't imagine. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you just, you know, you get into a routine and it's funny because even, you know, we, we had kids transition out and kids transition in and it's funny with me and my mom, we always talk about, cause we have, you know, when new kids start and especially babies, like you think back, like, how did we do this? And then all of a sudden you're in this routine and you're transitioned and it's like, this is how we did it. And then the baby yeah. is big <laughs> and then right. the babies start again. And you're like, how did we do this? And then you figure it out. So um, <laughs> that's it, funny. Cause there's my, my old position at my job is kind of the same thing that I have a routine that I go through all the time. And then, but you get past a certain point and you do this project for like a year and then you start a new one. And I'm like, I forgot how I'm supposed to start this. Like, what yeah. am I supposed to do? So like that growing, like growth of it, Granted, it's different with kids, but that same idea of like, I did this a hundred times, but I haven't done it in a while. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that's basically been us. I think we're, we're in the swing of things now. We've like, I think we got it. We got it down with the group of kids we have now, but um, yeah, no, it's just funny because you're like, think back and you're like, how did we survive this? Lots <laughs> of wine. Sad because then you like have these little babies and then all of a sudden they're like, big and you're like when did this happen like time just flies so yeah it's crazy well I have one final question for you okay what is the one thing that you used to apologize for in the past that you are unlikely to apologize for now um I'm gonna say saying no um so going back to to being a people pleaser when you, when someone asks something of you or of me, I very bad at saying no. And if I feel like I have to say no, it's like, you feel like you have to apologize for it or give an explanation. And I recently had a couple situations work-wise where I had to say no. And it's, you know, with, with parents asking of things and it's, I feel like I'm getting better at saying no without feeling guilty or like having to give an excuse. Um, So I think again, for me, like wanting you being the people pleaser, wanting everybody to like you, you want to like give all of yourself almost and it's exhausting. So I think I would, I would definitely say saying no and not feeling like I have to explain myself and um it's it's been it's been a challenge but there are there are times where I'm like I feel proud of myself you know for for not for not feeling bad about saying no because again 
you have to take care of yourself at the end of the day, you know? And if you always feel like you have to say yes and like give in and like, you're almost just like, where does it end? You know, if you don't learn to say no. Um, And it it goes back to anything in life, right? Just like even friends or family, like when people ask you to do things and it's like, at some point, right? Like mentally, <laughs> you have to be like, no. And like, normally, like you can't just say no and like stop there. You feel like you have to like, oh, I no because of this or oh no, but I'll do this. Like you almost feel like you have to then like figure out a way yeah. around yeah. it. But it's like, just no. Just say no and end it at no is my answer. Yeah. yeah. I always say, saying no. Yeah, I always say you do not need to explain yourself. Yeah. Like you give them what what you feel you're comfortable with, and that's all that matters. And if anybody tries to pressure you out of that, then they don't really, they don't really care about you. Well, they're not respecting you. Yeah. Well, and it's also too like I don't even remember where I heard this, but it's like not feeling like you have to give an excuse, like, and not not even like feeling like you have to have a reason for it. Like the reason could literally be I just don't want to. <laughs> So it's like not feeling like, you know, you have to have some valid reason for saying no. It's just like not today. (laughs) Well, and you know, what's interesting is I'm, I guess I'm four years older than you. So I just turned 38, but until I met Nikki and Nikki, well, you asked Nikki, like, do you let, you know, let's, do you want to go here? Do you want to go here? Do you want to do whatever? And she'll just be like, no, I don't feel like it. And for the first time, like in my life, I finally was like, it's okay for me to say that. So like, if she's like, you know, do you want to do this or can we do this? You can say no and it's okay. She, she used to, I don't know. I don't think you still do that to me, but for a long time, she would be like, you can say no and it's okay. Yeah. yeah I used to you tell her like, like, it's okay. You can say no. Yeah. And like, it's, it's more so like, I don't care the reason. Right. Like, yeah. I don't want you to say yes to something that you aren't in, right? Like, it's not going to be fun for, I'm not going to get the whole person. Like when I think about relationships with friends and my relation alone too, like sometimes with John, I'm like, you totally say no, but mm-hmm. and it, it welcomes this comfort, this level of comfort to the other person, right? The receiving party that like, hey, you don't have to do this because you think I want you to. Like, yeah. I would rather you want to be there or want to do it than mm-hmm. you feel guilted into doing it because then I'm not getting 100% of you and your time yes well I think too like for me to say no to anything it's like again being an overthinker you start to think like well are they you know are they mad at me or like what are they thinking and then it's almost like when you see that it's okay you're kind of like okay this is not as big of a deal as I'm making it in my own head you know like and I think that's just more so me thinking of course, all the worst things, but then also right. like once you do it a few times and you're like, okay, you know, these people, they're not going anywhere. I think they understand yeah. <laughs> you yeah. and, to like learn like, okay, this is actually okay. Yeah. And I think I wasn't, honestly, it wasn't always like this, but I, I knew how I felt in those situations because I'm very much like you people pleaser overanalyzing. Are they going to be mad at me if I said no? And I hate that feeling myself that I've learned over the years that I don't want to put anybody in those positions. Like I don't ever want anybody to feel guilted to spend their time with me or guilted into say yes, if they're not comfortable, not in it. You know, people have bad days. I I talk about the story all the time. She asked me to go shopping one day and I was like, I'm not good company today. Yeah. 
not happening. But yeah. at least there was that level of comfort where I can say, and I wasn't looking for an excuse to be like, no, I, you know, I got a lot of stuff to do at the house. No, I feel like shit today. I'm not in the mood. It's not happening. And that level yeah. of comfort between friends and relationships in general, even work relationships, right. you need to, first of all, be confident enough in yourself to be like, I don't care if they're going to be upset or mad at me. Right. You know, they, yeah. if it, at the end of the day, you're responsible for you and your happiness. And it shouldn't be something that yeah. you feel you have to give to people when you don't even give it to yourself in that moment. Right. Right. Well, and that's what I think for like a, from a business standpoint, as far as like, that's again, sort of like, you know, I know what kind of person I am and how I want to make people feel and all of that kind of thing. So I think that's for me too, is like having these families that come in and are with us for so long. Like you also almost hope that they realize what kind of person you are too, you know, right. and it's like you, you are coming from, you're not coming from a bad place, you know, it's like it's more so just like, you know, this is where we're at. And, you know, you can't say yes to everything or you would drive yourself crazy. Right. right. And they should also realize too, like saying yes to you or whatever the, the case might be that they're approaching you, you have 12 other children. Right. But they all ask the same question. They'll right. all like ask the same questions or, re, you know, expect, well, you said yes for this person or my, you know, I noticed this. So you kind of set your own boundaries in that sense. Right. Like, I'm not going to do it. Yes. And I just had this conversation with my mom where I was like, right, like we in our heads are thinking, you know, as a whole, right. As a, for, for all the kids, but these parents are just thinking about their kids, which exactly. of course, like that makes sense. Like they're not thinking, you know, as a group because they only have their kids. Right. So it totally makes sense. You know, if I'm asking something, I'm not thinking like, oh, all these parents are probably asking the same thing. I'm just thinking like, I'm going to ask this for my kids. And so I just had this conversation with my mom where it's like, you know, if you say yes to this person, it's like, imagine if you said yes, if all of these people were asking this of you to do it for every family. And it's like, right. how would that work? Yeah. yeah, you have to set that boundary for yourself because you would yes. probably put yourself in a position where you could be doing too much, cause a disruption, maybe not be able to give 100% right. of your all of the routine that you're in. So, yes, I like that. Set yeah. your boundaries. <laughs> yes. I'm working on it. <laughs> so, I, I see. Oh, I would say I do it for like practice. If you ever like question is think about how you would feel in that moment mm-hmm. and then go from there. That's the way of like, what would I do? Or try to, I always, I call it devil's advocate. I always try to switch the roles. Yeah. How sense. I would, how I would want to be treated in that situation and try to right. go about it by that, that way. Yeah. And Definitely. when you're in a business, I feel like it's kind of hard too, because you kind of feel like you owe them an explanation because it's a paid service, right? Right. It's not like a regular relationship or a friendship where you can just be like, no, I don't want to. But when right. you're in a business, I feel like you owe customers, clients, that kind of thing, right. but you do it in a way where you're not, you know, giving yourself away, if that makes sense. Yes. No, there's definitely like clarification I, I give to them as to like, and I think again, like I said, they're probably not thinking as a group. So, you know, if there is something asked of me that I'm just like, I try to word it in a way that is obviously considerate and respectful, but also like, you know, imagine if I, I don't say it's exactly, but again, make them realize as we have this group that it's like, 
I couldn't do that for everyone kind of thing. And I've never, again, knock on wood, I've never had an experience where someone got ugly with me or someone, you know, it's always been fine, which again is, I think sort of builds your confidence. (laughs) You're like, okay, like I can say no. And again, it's not basically, you're not saying no directly to them. It's right. You know, you're giving them some wording, but when they come back and they're nice about it, you kind of like, okay, like this is okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're right. not mad at me. They're not going to pull their kid out kind of yeah. thing. So it, it definitely, the more you do it, you get more comfortable with anything, of course. Right. So, again, I'm a work in progress, but um, <laughs> I think I'm definitely a different person than I was back in May of 2016. So there's definitely a lot of growth with your business. So that's, (laughs) yes. If you weren't growing with your business, then we would be worried. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to ask you where we could find you, but you're private on anything. So you don't want people coming to follow you. Um, I, well, the, the funny thing is I do have a Facebook page, but I haven't posted on it in a long time. So yeah, basically I don't have a website or anything. Um, typically Your social media is all personal and private. Yeah. I don't have, um, Perfect. anything okay. that I post the kids. I, the only thing I use is a Shutterfly account, but it's private for just like the parents. Um, okay. So then we'll do this. If anybody has any questions, about in-home daycare or anything further, then they can reach out to um, Nikki or I, and then we can kind of third party that. So you don't get any, we won't spam you with anything. If people are interested or wanting to stalk you for any reason, we'll just, (laughs) we'll filter it. So if you've got any questions about in-home daycare, Nikki, where can they find us? (laughs) Oh God. Um, (laughs) You can email us at hello at unlikely to apologize.com. And on Instagram at unlikely to apologize podcast. Yes. Perfect. Thank you, Lauren, so much for doing this. Thank you. you. This is a lot of fun. This is definitely a first for me. So um, I I didn't even know how to join a Zoom meeting. (laughs) (laughs) See that that transition from office job to, you know, full-time physical labor job. (laughs) I was like, am I going to get a link or something? (laughs) But no, I had a lot of fun and I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah. Thank you for doing doing it. All right. We'll talk soon, everyone. Bye everyone. Bye.